I'm Rev David. Thanks for joining me as I wander through life. This is the third of my short talks about the Beatitudes. The American corporation Apple, the one that makes the iPhones and iPads and computers, ran a very successful advertising campaign in the late 1990s and early 2000s under the slogan, Think Different. It was all based on the premise that throughout history, people who have thought differently have achieved great things. They used Albert Einstein as one of their examples. So, if you buy an Apple product, then it will enable you to think different, and then you'll be successful. But really, in in my view, it was all a bit of a con, because how different were their products anyway? Apple and their great rival Samsung have a long history of suing each other for copying each other's products. And these days, if you are really going to think different then you'd throw your smartphone away. Jesus, on the other hand, is the real deal. He really is different. In a world of wealth and war, he says, blessed are the poor and the peacemakers. You can't get much more different than that. The Beatitudes, these list of statements at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount... It's important stuff. The disciples follow Jesus up a hill by the side of Lake Galilee and he sits down and teaches them. The sitting down part is important. In the Jewish tradition, when the rabbi sits down to teach, then this is not just a few off-the-cuff remarks, but teaching that is meant to be taken to heart. And this is nothing like the Ten Commandments, Jesus doesn't undo those commandments, but he does move things on enormously. Have a listen. I'm reading from Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets, who were before you. For over 2,000 years, those few short lines 
have given millions, billions of people cause to think. And not just think, but think different. And not just think different, but live different. It's also topsy-turvy. It reminds me of Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 when he declares for a life that chooses the foolishness of God over the wisdom of the world. So what's going on here? What's the message for how we should live? First, these are statements and they are about the present, not the past or the future. Blessed are, blessed are, the poor in spirit, the peacemakers, those who mourn, and so on. Jesus declares that the kingdom of God is here now. This isn't some aspirational prophecy, some vague hope. Jesus declares a blessing on all these people. People who we would often consider cursed rather than blessed. He declares that God is at work in their lives in their situations. But then there is a pointer to the future, when things will be even better. So this formula of blessed are in the present, and then something will happen in the future. So we get blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So first they are statements of something that is, and something that will be. And second, they're all about values. They value things and people that are generally overlooked. They invite us to pause and think different, and then live different. Think for a moment about early on in the coronavirus lockdown, and for those of us who were allowed out once a day for exercise. Firstly, I went up Arnside Knot more times in three weeks than had been up it in the past three years. Funny, isn't it? Something that I was never interested in suddenly became strictly rationed, and so I wanted it. But more than that, when I bumped into people I knew, not literally, then I didn't want to just nod, grunt a hello and move quickly on. No, I wanted to stop and chat to see other people in real life suddenly became such a joy. I became very aware of things that I valued very highly, but had taken for granted. This valuing only happened because of the unprecedented times. It took a great big shock to make me see things afresh. It's 2,000 years since Jesus declared those Beatitudes. So the shock factor has worn off. But read them carefully and take them to heart. If you love God, then the way to show that is to love the things that God loves, that God blesses. And here's the list of those things. So here we have firstly statements of what is and what will be. Secondly, a revelation about what God values. And thirdly, something that is not prescriptive, is actually quite fuzzy, unlike the Ten Commandments, something that demands a mature response. If I use the coronavirus again as an example, 
at the beginning, when it was all new, when we were inexperienced, then the instructions were clear and very direct. Stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. It was all black and white. Now the rules have evolved as we've grown accustomed to living differently. No longer is every situation prescribed for. Instead, there are general principles. We are invited to use our common sense. The Beatitudes demand a certain level of maturity. Now, I'm going to go off at a tangent. Well, actually two tangents for a minute or two. Tangent one is a poem by the American poet uh, Mary Oliver. It's called Today, and it's from her book A Thousand Mornings. It's always a dangerous thing to interpret a poem for other people. Really, I should leave it to you to take from it what you wish. So just let me say, for me, this poem is a challenge to make and then take the opportunity not to conform think different, live different. In this instance, to take a day off and do nothing, except that when you do nothing, things happen. Let me read it for you, it's only short. Today I'm flying low, and I'm not saying a word. I'm letting all the voodoos of ambition sleep. The world goes on as it must, the bees in the gardening, rumbling a little, the fish leaping, the gnats getting eaten, and so forth. But I'm taking the day off, quiet as a feather. I hardly move, though really I'm travelling a terrific distance. Stillness, one of the doors into the temple. Tangent number two. This is just something that I challenge myself with from time to time. It's all about default positions or attitudes. Here's a list of them. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Does it matter? What's the default position, light or dark? In general, are we mostly blessed or mostly cursed? Is my attitude to life about taking risks or playing safe? Is my glass half empty or half full? And what does all this mean for my life, my living as a Christian? Okay, so just trying to draw all this together. The Beatitudes are important. The Beatitudes are actually a great blessing for us and for the whole world. The Beatitudes demand maturity. The Beatitudes are unexpected, shocking even. And finally, the Beatitudes challenge us to think different and then live different. And in doing so, to achieve great things in partnership with God.
that's it for now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.